You're listening to the Marnie on the Move podcast live from the UFOS Recovery Lounge pop-up at Ironman World Championships in St. George, Utah. Yeah, there's so many things that I really enjoy about the sport. And one is the training. I, I think I... Don't I don't think I would enjoy single sport training near as much. Um, I'm I'm a pretty decent runner in the field, but I don't think I would enjoy trying to push you know 80, 90, 100 miles and focus solely on running. I like that every day of training is is very different, and um, you know I like the process. I really enjoy the grind, um, and then I like the you know the more technical side of things that you know help me engage and use my brain and and think about ways that you can make yourself faster instead of just going and trying to grind it out. That was Matt Hansen. This is Marnie Salop. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Today, I'm syncing up with professional triathlete and coach Matt Hansen, of Matt Hansen Coaching. We caught up live during the week of Ironman World Championships in St. George, Utah, from our studio at the UFOS Recovery Lounge pop-up. Matt and I sync up about how he got his start in the sport, what he loves about it, when he started coaching, what he was looking forward to on race day during the World Championships, and the tools and gear he uses personally and with his athletes to improve and optimize performance including Inside Tracker, also a sponsor of this podcast and series. Inside Tracker is the ultra-personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. It transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed nutrition recommendations you need to optimize your health. Get 20% off today at insidetracker.com slash Marnie on the move or use our code cheers Marnie. Now, on to my conversation with Matt. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. So Matt, how long have you been in St. George now? About an hour and a half. Wait, you just got here? I did. I came here for two weeks at the beginning of April. I'm in okay. uh, Colorado, so it's easy for me to get back and forth. So came here and trained for a bit and then uh, went home for a few more days and then just came back. Um, yeah, got so in. So you know got the course. Ride. Yeah, got yeah. in, got a ride quick and then came over. So since you also have this coaching background, are you co- you're not coaching yourself though. No, 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 I've, I've worked with, uh, Julie Dibbins, um, as the overall coach and then, uh, Matt Bottrell helps me with bike stuff. How did you get into coaching? Were you an athlete first or were you a coach first? 
Uh, I am a former professor of exercise science. So this whole, um, triathlon profession was not really in the plans. Um, I was doing triathlon as a hobby and then it became a quasi pro. And then I started to have some more success and wanted to be able to look back and wonder or look back and know instead of look back and wonder what if. And so I had just been granted tenure and walked away from that and to, yeah, basically to do this and chase the dream. And, uh, yeah, so the coaching side of things was a good fit because it kind of filled the void that the classroom did. I loved teaching, didn't love the university politics so much. So I get to kind of teach on the coaching side and not have to play the politics game. So is there anything that that you have learned from your education that gives you a strategic advantage for racing and training? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I spent eight years studying the human body and how it adapts and moves. And, um, my under undergrad was athletic training and then I kind of moved over to more general exercise science. And so uh, I definitely think I'm able to still use the education that I paid a lot of money. For. That's awesome. Where were you teaching? Uh, I was teaching at my alma mater, which is a small uh, four-year university in uh, Storm Lake, Iowa called Buena Vista. Nice. Back to triathlon and this race. What are you most excited about on this course in St. George? Yeah, overall, I, I really like the course. Um, you know, the wind or the weather, it can be cold or it could be hot. It could be calm or it could be really windy. Um, I trained here for just over two weeks and we got a little bit of everything. And so, uh, we're really, you know, you kind of had to be prepared for all circumstances. Whereas, you know, when it's in Ben and Kona in the past, you know, it's going to be hot, humid, windy, and relentless, you know, but this could be that way or it could not. And so it could be a very, very fast course. Well, relatively fast course, or it could be quite slow, um, all depending on what the weather decides to bring when you kind of have to have a different game plan, um, for the conditions. And so, uh, I think that's gonna, it, it, it requires you to prep in a different way. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like one of the things that I love the most about triathlon is that you never know what's going to happen and you have to be prepared for that. I feel like that's a lot like life and you just have to kind of roll with it. And I think, you know, that that's the best plan to not be, to be prepared for being unprepared. (laughs) Yeah. It's always been, you know, prep for the worst and hope for the best, but know that you're prepped for whatever's going to get thrown at you. I mean, and and you've become like one of the strongest athletes out on the field over the years. So how do you do that? Like, what's your training like? What is your secret sauce? uh, Secret sauce (laughs) is to do exactly what I'm told and not think about it. (laughs) Oh my God. We could all do that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, I've I've spent a number of years getting the right people in my corner. um, And that's everything from um, coach. I've already mentioned uh, Matt and Julie, but a strength coach and um, PT and everything, just trying to uh, make sure that I've got, um, you know, good people in my corner giving me the best advice possible. And, you know, 99% of the time I'm taking it. Um, if I'm not, then I need to ask myself why they're in my corner. And so, uh, it's, it's been a process to get the right people in, in place. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with, uh, you know, the whole team on the gear side that I have behind me for, um, you know, the sponsors and everything like that. That's important as well. Yeah. It's not just, uh, you know, who's going to write you a small check. It's, you know, what equipment is going to get you to the finish line fastest and, and prioritizing that. 
And do you, is that where you come from when it comes to kind of picking who you work with, like from a more authentic perspective, working with brands that you really believe in? Yeah, I mean, that has to be something uh, for a number of reasons. One, because, uh, I, you know, obviously I need to get to the finish line as fast as possible. And, right. you know, to be on a product that I don't think is going to do that for me is going to uh, cause a little bit of a confidence issue. Um, but also from the from the coaching standpoint, any product that I'm rep, you know, representing, I have to be able to... Uh, also suggest to my the athletes that I'm working with and I have to feel good about that and so um, you know there's definitely been situations where I've walked away from something that could have been you know a, a better financial situation but it just wasn't the right uh, product situation or the right company uh, that fit with what I'm trying to accomplish. So who are who are some of your sponsors? I know obviously Zoot because I see Team Zoot right Zoot, on yeah, your shirt, and um, you know who are you working with? Like what are some of the yeah brands? Zoot's a, a new one this year. Um, I've been with Quintana Roo First Endurance and um, Hyper Ice for quite a long time. Oh, awesome! Um, so they've yeah they've been good. I was actually doing research for Normatech when I was at the university, and that's kind of how I springboarded into a partnership with them. So that's been a lot of fun to have that come full circle. Um, and they're here at the UFOS yes, pop-up yes. in the recovery lounge. Yes, yeah. I, I just uh, went and stole a picture of that. So uh, yeah, they, they are a lot of fun uh, to, to work with. And then and they're amazing for recovery. I mean, that's are, just like sure, game, game changing, sure. right? I, and, and for a warm up, that's kind of where my research was um, geared towards when I was at the university. How does that work? Like, tell me it a just bit. helps get blood flowing early on. Um, so I, you know, I typically bookend my day uh, using those. So start, you know, grab a cup of coffee and go down and sit in the boots and answer emails or look yeah. through training peaks and, and whatnot. Um, just as a way to kind of help my body wake up, uh, especially when training volumes get a little bit higher. That's a secret. I mean, that's good to know. I, what do you love about this sport since you've been doing it for as long as you have and with your background in education? Yeah, there's so many things that I really enjoy about the sport. And one is the training. I, I think I don't, I don't think I would enjoy single sport training near as much. Um, I'm I'm a pretty decent runner in the field, but I don't think I would enjoy trying to push, you know, 80, 90, 100 miles and focus solely on running. I like that every day of training is is very different, and um, you know, I like the process. I really enjoy the grind, um, and then I like the you know the more technical side of things that you know help me engage and use my brain and and think about ways that you can make yourself faster instead of just going and trying to grind it out. And did I read somewhere that you have a background in wrestling? I did. Yeah. That, that's a, a blessing and a curse, uh, because in wrestling, it's always, uh, working harder than, than the other person, always doing more. And, uh, when it comes to endurance sports, the more can, can definitely get you in a little bit of trouble sometimes. And so it's, uh, putting that uh, aside at, at times, um, to, to know that, you know, an easy workout can be an easy workout and it's okay to just go through the motions, uh, and, you know, keep the heart rate low and, and that type of thing. That's a really hard concept to grasp though for, you know, for a pro, no, but for an age grouper to grasp the concept that an easy day is really an easy day and like, that's what you have to do. Definitely. It doesn't feel easy. Right, right. And, and, you know, that was something that I definitely struggled with when I was first coming and I, and I got away with it a little bit. One, because I was 
a little bit younger, but two, because the volume, since I was working full time, the volumes were a little bit lower. And so I was able to get away with it. But as soon as I kind of stepped away from the full time job and started doing this and added quite a bit more training volume, it was, it was uh, a struggle to back the easy stuff off to be able to absorb the um, training and allow myself to still hit the intensities. You know, when your easy days are interfering with your hard days, that's a problem. So do you think that's why you have the fastest marathon ever off a bike? Because you know how to go easy, go hard, or, or yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that's, that's part of it. But, you know, I, I, that, that run was kind of the perfect storm of everything. Um, we caught the best weather day possible. And uh, I got off the bike with... Um, at the front of a, of a pretty decent group. And so, um, a couple of them were really good runners and it it turned into me and one other guy running shoulder to shoulder for 25 and a half miles. And then I, and then I finally got a a little bit of a, a break on him, but, um, that just kind of created that environment. But that is kind of that feeling to be able to go that deep and to be in the situation where going that deep is actually going to matter and, you know, bring the best out of you. Uh, that's what keeps people coming back. I, you know, I, I've said frequently after that race that if everybody can experience that feeling, you know, that I had when I crossed the finish line on that day, uh, they're a lucky human if you can get it just once in your life. Yeah. I mean, there's not, there's nothing like it. I mean, I don't even know you like, there's probably no words to describe it. Right. It's pretty tough. I've been trying for a couple of years now. <laughs> I mean, even just to be like running shoulder to shoulder with someone for 25, for that much, for that distance is incredible. There's so much energy in that. There is. And we, you know, we didn't, we didn't, there was a language barrier, so we didn't communicate at all. But you communicated. Yeah. So it was like, you know, he, I think he, was Russian. So there was no words being spoken at all. And it was just like, who's going to break. And it's kind of like the iron war back in the day. I mean, you know, definitely, uh, hasn't gotten that type of, uh, that type of attention. That was, that was a pretty epic day. And you know, that happened at the (laughs) world championships. So, you know, we'll see what happens this weekend. That's amazing. That is, that's so cool. All right. Hope you're enjoying this conversation. Just jumping in here to give a shout out to our partners. Athletic Greens and AG1. I started using AG1 daily a few months ago. I was looking to boost my immunity, improve my gut health, and optimize my endurance sports performance. I needed an all-in-one nutritional supplement that was easy to add to my daily wellness routine that would also work with my sensitive gut. AG1 has been game-changing. It has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food superfoods, and adaptogens, and it's so easy to use. You just add one scoop to a cup of water. I drink mine every morning while making my coffee and feeding my dogs. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every day to take great care of yourself. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs or nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it tastes great. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D 
and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash money on the move. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash money on the move to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now back to my combo with Matt. I'm sure you know a lot about nutrition. What do you do as an athlete in terms of your new personal nutrition, you know, not just on race day, but leading into the race? Yeah. I mean, the nutrition aspect of it is there's so much, uh, tradition out there and there's so much, uh, information that isn't really scientific, but it's portrayed as such. And right. so, um, you know, trying to, uh, you know, always make sure that, you know, despite what everybody else is saying or, or whatever fat is out there, um, you know, just sticking with what I know and how the body works and, and how it, uh, it, uh, is going to respond to the different foods that I'm taking in is, is definitely important. Um, you know, I know inside tracker is, is kind of a partner of, of this show, but they've also been a recent partner of mine. I actually, uh, use them, uh, early, early on. Um, I think I was, yeah, one you of were the, like their first, yeah, one of their first ambassadors, their first gu- yeah. guinea pig early on. And, uh, so it's, it's been fun to kind of come full circle and, um, be able to just see how much, uh, things have changed on their, on their front for the positive and, you know, coming into the world championships in 2019, uh, I developed a stress fracture in the sacrum, which took me out of the race. Um, or yeah, it basically showed up three weeks before and I wasn't doing the due diligence of monitoring things every step of the way, like I should be. And, uh, you know, I was, that, that was a mistake on my part. And, um, that's something that, you know, I, I vowed never to, to let happen again. Obviously injuries are going to happen, but it's not going to be because of something that I didn't do. I got a blood test right away after, um, I found out and there was a couple things that would have been red flags that there is going to be an issue that could pop up. And, um, so that was a, a learning mistake. How um, did you discover inside tracker? Uh, I wanted to, um, well, first I, I lived in a, in a small area and it didn't really have a lot of the resources that, um, you know, might be available into in a big endurance training community, and so um, I reached out to Inside Tracker because I wanted to test early and then right before and then two days after an Ironman. So I kind of talked to them about doing this process and tracking what changes, and um, so that's that's how I first was introduced to them. And uh, yeah, it was that was something that I couldn't just get done cause we didn't even have a lab. So I had to do at that time, I think they called it the white glove service. So I had to have somebody come to right. my, my house to, uh, to take the, I to love take that. The blood draw. They yeah. still do that in New York city. So, you know, that's what they, I, they send someone to our house and then we do the blood draw and yeah. Yeah. And so, um, just it, it makes that so much more accessible to the masses and, yeah. um, the fact that they can do it on scale and kind of use what they're finding with other people in the same sport yeah. and being able to, you know, 
increase their understanding and increase the the tech side of things uh, has been a lot of fun just to to learn a little bit more about and. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun to be a part of as well. Inside Tracker has been game changing for me as an athlete because I started testing with them about two years ago and I learned that my vitamin D was low. I'm the same. And also, yeah. And, and I mean, and the only way that I found that I could get vitamin D is by taking a supplement and, you know, not, it's not for everything. It's not the answer for everything, but I think when it comes to vitamin D, it's really hard at a certain point, even though you know, you're in Colorado, you're outside, but it doesn't matter because your skin at a certain point stops absorbing vitamin D. Yep. And if we're doing our job and wearing yeah. sunscreen and sunscreen, trying yeah. to, you know, prevent that, that limits that as well. Um, but I found out that actually uh, the vitamin D absorption or creation is kind of a hereditary thing. And so uh, there's quite a few people in my family that are the same way. Oh, that's and, interesting. And so, yeah, that was something that I've been, uh, I've found in, in, that was definitely one of the markers that was lacking in 2019 when I had the stress fracture. And that would have been something that I never would have thought of because I'm training outside all summer. So coming out of the summer, how right. is that a possible? But it certainly was. It's, it's interesting because it really, you've got to get it working. And then I did a recent test with them in January and my B12 and my iron were low, but my ferritin was fine. So I wasn't like super worried, but I, it's funny because like as an athlete, you're so connected to your body and the more you train and race, the more you notice, like if you're on a run and you're having a bad day, like you're like, Oh, let me see what's up, you know? And there was a period of time for me for like two weeks where I was exhausted just from walking up the stairs. And I thought for sure I had like COVID because what else would be wrong? But, uh, you know, nothing was wrong like I wasn't sick, but my vitamin B12 was super low in my iron. And thank you to Inside Tracker for, you know, being able to find that out because now I've been working, taking some supplements and also increased like my fish and protein. And it's, it's back to a really good level and it only took like two months. But if you don't know those things, I mean, if you're, you know, even if you're just not a triathlete, or an endurance athlete. I mean, it's really important to kind of be dialed into what's happening in your inner health and your blood. Right. And, you know, that's one thing that I definitely appreciate is, you know, I, I always, you know, there is a time and a place for supplementation, yeah. uh, but that shouldn't be step one. It should be step three. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, they give you, okay, so here's some suggestions of diet changes, yeah. things you can add or things you can subtract um, that will help fill this deficiency. And, and that, you know, just from that part of it has become so much better over the last, you know, from the first time I used it to now, like it's, it's night and day. Difference. And you can feel it, right? Like, right. you know, when one of your biomarkers is off, cause now you know what it feels like. Yeah, it definitely helps you learn to learn to listen. You know, one of the things that I talk about with the athletes is you have to learn to listen to your body. And, you know, when I'm talking about it, it's usually, like if the effort level isn't matching the quant quantitative data you're getting, you know, we got to think about that and figure right. out why. And, and, you know, this can kind of help pinpoint things a little bit. And then I love their personalized nutrition recommendations. Do you follow that? Are there any that you get that, you know, that you see repetitively in your recommendations? Yes. I see more beans and more uh, avocado okay. every time. And, <laughs> I'm all right with the avocado. The beans are a little bit more difficult, but 
mo mostly because my wife doesn't really appreciate uh, black beans very much. Yeah. And so uh, you've got to get the organic ones. <laughs> so that that's the hard part. But yeah. The avocados are are easy to add. I have like low magnesium, so I get you know eat more nuts, eat more nuts. Like all day, I'll get those pop ups. I love their new app. I mean, you've been with them since the beginning, right? So. Or not since the beginning, but for several years. And in the last year, the the company and all the different sort of bells and whistles have are exponentially growing from like their really awesome app to, you know, adding the DNA, the fitness tracker data, the sleep, all that. So cool. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see how they continue to grow. And I'm sure you probably geek out on data as somebody who's science background. <laughs> I, I do enjoy yeah, I do enjoy that aspect of it for sure. So how often are you are you testing now? Like did you do a test before you came here? I or? did a test uh, right when I got back, so would have been about 10 days ago. Do you get the results back yet? I did, yeah. So it was, anything good you want to share? I mean the biggest thing was I had gone to and from um, so I'd gone down from elevation and back to elevation. And that always messes with iron levels. And so it's just learning the timing of that is really important. And uh, it was a good reminder that I need to get on an iron supplement for a two-week span right before I go back to altitude. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And so, and so where are you in Colorado? I'm in Castle Rock, so it's about 6,200 feet. Oh, nice. So train high, race low. That's, that, hopefully that works out for us this weekend. <laughs> That's awesome. I'd love to do that in my, in my next dream job. I want to go like train at altitude for a month then come back and do a race and see if I am any faster. <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely been a bit of an adjustment. I, I actually go to Boulder a couple times a week cause that's where Julie is and she's got a squad there. So I train there on Tuesdays and Thursdays and that's a thousand feet lower. Oh. And I can tell a lot in the swim and the run, not the bike. I don't, tell quite or tell as much of a difference but the swim and the run um the run my heart rate is always lower up in boulder and then the swim i'm just usually a little bit faster but and then what about when it comes to recovery and you know post-race recovery then kind of getting back into a training schedule and active recovery how do you do that uh that's if if i had uh unlimited funds i would recover at sea level um <laughs> Sleep is, I've always struggled a little bit with sleep. And um, when I go back to altitude, I, I don't sleep well. And it, when I go down to races, like, and, you know, I'm thinking that I should have all this energy and taper. All I want to do is sleep because I'm back at sleep level. And it's just like, I can take naps. I can do all these things. And it's great. Uh, I think, yeah, the, the last time I went to Florida, I hadn't taken a nap in over a year just because I can't. And I woke up and I had, I was working on the computer and I woke up and I had like 23 pages of just like random letters because I just <laughs> fell asleep straight on the keyboard. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I, the recovery side of things would definitely be a little bit better if I could stay, uh, at, at sea level for a bit longer, but, uh, sometimes that's not always in the cards. Awesome. And I totally interrupted you when I was asking you about your sponsors and you ended that question. I, you were talking about Zoot and then I sidetracked you. So who are your other sponsors that you work with? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I've got, I think we covered the, the major ones, obviously okay. uh, we didn't mention inside tracker and you know, it, it, there's so many people that are and companies that are willing to help. Like, you know, I've got ISM saddles and, 
um, you know, Ron wheels and Zizu sunglasses. And, you know, there's a lot of what wheels, Ron, Ron. Um, Yeah. They're a a smaller company out of Poland and yeah, they're just starting to come to the U S. And so that's kind of my role with them is, is helping that introduce them to, to the U S and that's the same with, uh, the Zizu sunglasses is, uh, their Canadian brand. And again, trying to get a little bit of, of market share in the U S. And so, yeah. I love to hear about new brands. Yeah, it's it's been fun, and and that's that's always a part of the of the fun is you know seeing what they're doing differently and um, you know, finding products that you like and seeing if you can make it work. Awesome. Well, this has been so great, Matt. Thank you for popping by the studio. Of course. And thank you to Inside Tracker for connecting us. Yes. Yes, for sure. Thanks for tuning in to Marnie on the Move live from the UFOS Recovery Lounge at Ironman World Championships in St. George, Utah. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple, give us five stars on Spotify, and share this episode with your friends on social.